Well, good day, everybody. Welcome to Gospel Infusion, your daily dose of gospel goodness. I'm Pastor RT. Glad you're here with us today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5. I've titled this morning, uh, Come, Follow Me. 40 Days with Jesus. I am uh, I'm really encouraged and thankful for us to be able to spend time together with Jesus um, in the current time that we're in uh, to uh, kind of just immerse ourselves in selves in the uh, the life of Jesus through uh, the Gospel of Luke and uh, spend forty days with him, spend a couple months. Uh, learning from him, following him, learning how did it come to be? How did he come to be? How did he get here? How did his ministry start? What was his ministry like? What was the essence of it all? And so on. And um, I'm just really encouraged to just, I'm encouraged in the sense that I have spent time um, just pressing in to putting myself in the moment, you know? And so maybe this is helpful for you uh, as you just go spend time with the Lord every day, uh, getting up, um, pick a time, and just just spend not not as a religious checkboxianity thing, but like as as a space where you just get to go be with the Father, as a space where you just get to go be with the God of the universe who loves you and wants a relationship with you and wants to speak to you, has so much to say to you, and he has so much to listen to. He wants to hear you, and and uh, and I so I just embraced these moments. Um, where I could just go spend it with Jesus. And I, this, this whole idea came to be through uh, the Dwell app, and it was a 40 Days with Jesus Dwell app reading through the book of Luke. And every time I would listen to it, it engage a different part of my brain. But I would, I would just be like, man, that's so good. And I would just preach to my heart. That's kind of how I read my Bible. I read it out loud or I listen to it, and then I just, I just talk to God about it. And then I, I just, I'm like, this is what I'm seeing, and this is crazy. And, I, you know, and, and then the Spirit of God, which lives inside of all those who are born again, having faith in Jesus Christ, speaks sweet, uh, direct, clear uh, affirmations of what I read and confirmations of what I read. And uh, so that's just an insight a little bit into why um why I love this forty days with jesus and and my I'm encouraged by it, and i I'm just praying that it might be just a little bit of encouragement to you or or kind of like fuel for your affections for Jesus uh to just go spend just spend more time with them i mean we're we're kind of like on lockdown in a in a sense as a country as a world and uh and so this would be a sweet opportunity to just spend the time intentionally with Jesus because he wants to spend it with you. And uh, I love this, this moment, right? Uh, the Gospels are really kind of like biographies, the biographies of Jesus. Um, and, and they're from, from uh, individual personalities and perspectives that are, I love how they're, they're similar in some aspects, similar in uh, total uh, revelation of God in one sense, but different in how they present the material, right? You see that. You see that in, in, in many different ways. I've, I've, one, one of my favorite old dead guys is um, George Whitfield, and I love him. And yet I've read many biographies about him, uh, and then Hudson Taylor too. And they're all same in like, this, this guy was legit uh, a brother of the Lord, like the, used of the Lord, etc. But they come at it from a different perspective. They come at it from a different angle of his life. And I love Luke. Uh, Luke is a doctor. Luke is meticulous about detail. Luke sees things from uh, the son of man, son of God fulfillment standpoint. And I love that uh, about 
<clears throat> about him. And, and, and we get to uh, this moment in time where we all know, uh, you know, it's, it's where Jesus shows up after a busy day of preaching and a busy day of teaching in the synagogue and then healing all night. And then when it's day, he goes out and he departs to a desolate place and to be with the Father. And silence and solitude was his thing, and he loved it. And he said then, like, we got to go preach everywhere else. we got to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. I, the good news of the kingdom is um, the Spirit of the Lord is with Jesus, that he is sent to preach the good news uh, to those who are poor in freedom, to those who are captive in sight, to those who are blind in freedom, to those who are spiritually oppressed, and favor of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor has come upon all who would believe. That is the good news of the kingdom. Uh, the God of the universe has arrived to set right, set in motion righteousness in the, in the ways that we have failed. He has come to set in motion the plan to remove obstacles, uh, the obstacles uh, that stand in the way of us to have right relationship with him. He has come to do for us what we could never do for ourselves and be for us what we could never be for ourselves. Uh, he is the good news, right? And that's what we talked about yesterday morning. And so he went from town to town. He left there and he went to Judea and preach in their synagogues. And we get to chapter five of Luke five, and we're just going to be in the first 11 verses. And it's really uh, on the occasion while he was out there preaching to the crowds, this is the moment he calls the first few um, men to follow after him. And uh, on, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him and the, uh, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake, Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, right? So this is this is like now a uh, this is a, um, what do you call it? A logistical matter, right? Uh, there's plenty of people pressing up into Jesus to hear the word of God. And he's like, ah, uh, there's a couple boats. So he gets in a boat and uh, he saw two boats and the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets and getting into one of the boats, which happened to be Simon Peter's, by the way. Uh, he gets in and he asks to put out a little ways from the land. And he sat down, as was his custom to teach. When he was teaching, he sat. When he was reading the scriptures, he stood. Reverence for the word of God. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, okay, now we don't have the content of what he was speaking. We don't know what he was speaking. He was teaching the people the word of God. He was teaching the people about potentially how he was the fulfillment uh, of all things uh, of prophets. And I, we don't know, preaching about the kingdom, actually. He was preaching about the kingdom uh, that had come. He was preaching about how good news has arrived. He was in, well, there's, there's all of that. He was speaking the word of God, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. And he says to Simon, put into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, that's just odd, like getting in the boat, going out a little ways, and then, and then teaching them good news, teaching the gospel from the gospel's mouth. And then he turns down and he's like, let down your nets. Okay, so, so there's, there's some great intentionality in what Jesus was doing. Not only was he feeding the people uh, the word of God from the boat and, and caring for the masses, he was, he was in the boat caring for Peter in this moment. And, uh, and he says, let down your nets for a catch. And Peter Okay, listen, this is what he does for a living, right? This is what he's been doing for his whole life since he's been working. Uh, listen, Jesus, your dad was a carpenter. Uh, you did carpentry work. I have been about um, angling for my whole life. 
And um, this is what we do. And uh, Peter says, uh, Master, we have toiled all night and we took in nothing. Uh, we've been doing this all night. We have been discouraged. We washed our nets. We kind of were ready to hang our hats. We were ready to just be done with this whole thing. And what happens? Here's what he says. Here's what he says. Master, we toiled all night and we took nothing but at your word. I'd underline that in my Bible. At your word. Luke chapter 5, verse 5, the last part of it. At your word, I'll let down the nets. Uh, because you said so. I'll let down your nets. Simon had experienced the supernatural with Jesus healing his mother-in-law in his house. Uh, Simon just finished hearing uh, and watching, potentially watching uh, most of the night. Uh, Jesus do the complete supernatural of healing people, laying hands on every person that came through and healing them, even releasing people from their oppression. Simon had, Peter had just heard again f- afresh the gospel of the kingdom. Like when Jesus tells you to do something, right? I just love the humanity and the grace of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus. He, he just entertains and lets Peter just say, like, listen, Beryl, like we've been doing this all night. <laughs> really? Are you serious? You think, you think we're going to get something, right? And Jesus is like, just put your nets down, bro. Put your nets out. Just cast them. Just throw them overboard, would you? Just do it. But, but because you said so. Because you said so. A little bit of childlike mustard seed faith. That was it, because you said so. I let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and they filled the boats so that they began to sink. I mean, listen, just picture the scene. I mean, they were about ready to just hang it. They hung it up for the day. They were, I mean, they were super discouraged. This was like, the business was about ready to be bankrupt. The, 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 the outlook on life seemed pretty grim. This didn't seem to make sense anymore. Am I in the right industry? Is this even going to be good? How are we going to eat tonight? All the questions that are happening, they went from zero, uh, nothing, discouragement, to complete, overflowing, almost sinking. <laughs> At your word, Jesus, I'll let, my, I'll let, I'll let him down. At your word, just because you said so, right? Not necessarily believing that it's going to actually produce anything, but because you said put the nets down, I was just going to put the nets down. At your word, I'll do it. And it was so full. The nets were so full that they also, they began to sink both boats. Both boats began to sink because at the word of Jesus, the nets went down and at the desire and command of Jesus, the boats were filled with fish. Simon, seeing all of this, fell down at the knees of Jesus, saying, get away from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that had taken, that, that they had taken in. James and John, sons of Zebedee, were partners with Peter at that time. Just, just stop for a second. Um, nothing is impossible with God, right? Wasn't that day one of 40 days with Jesus? And we close out what is this first week and, and it seemed impossible to put the nets down. It didn't make sense. Why, why put the nets down? 
Uh, why put the nets down? That doesn't make, there's no calculability in that, Jesus. But because you said, uh, we'll just do what you said. Like, I love that. I don't really know what the result's going to be, but because you told me to do it, I will do it. Nothing is impossible with God. Two, don't you love how Jesus saw all the needs spiritually and materially in the moment? He didn't ignore any of it. I just love that. I love how Jesus sees the need of the people coming and pressing in to hear the good news of the kingdom of God, and he gives it to them. He's, he's very just simply uh, creative in finding a logistical solution, and he did. And he got in the boat, and the boat was intentionally put there uh, empty but ready to be manned by Peter. And then the other guys were going to hear and watch and be participants and recipients of the good news of the kingdom message. And then Jesus intentionally knew uh, he knew Peter needed to be met with some humility. He needed to be met with uh, some personal revelation of uh, the majesty and power and miraculous nature of the God of the universe in the flesh. He needed to be met here. The kingdom of Peter needed to be met with the kingdom of God, right? And isn't that, isn't that the case? Like Jesus, like Peter needed a Jesus in the boat moment, right? Because Peter was going to have many other uh, in the boat moments uh, or out of the boat moments with Jesus. And it was going to need to be referenced back to the beginning of our relationship was not how awesome you were to get in the boat with me, but that I got in your boat, bro. I got in your boat. And right, and isn't that the hope of our life? Isn't that the hope of our salvation that Jesus gets in our boat? The hope isn't that we have a bunch of fish overflowing in our boats or that we're almost sinking in our boats. No, we need the kingdom of our, fill in, the name, fill in your name, the kingdom of our team needs to be met with the kingdom of God. And that comes with Jesus getting into the boat of my life and, and number one, uh, calling me to trust that what he says is best, calling me to uh, see that what he always does and orders is best and ultimately good and for my good. And, and then to, to not only in seeing those things, to, to undo me like he did Peter, that when I come face to face with the kingdom of God, my kingdom falls and I'm undone. When Jesus gets in the boat of Peter, gets in, Jesus, gets in Peter's boat, the aim is that he undoes Peter from Peter. That coming face-to-face, kingdom of Peter coming face-to-face with the kingdom of God shatters Peter's kingdom of self. I don't know what to do with you, but for sure you just need to leave because, man, right now I don't believe, like I didn't believe, I'm a sinful man, I'm undone, I doubt, I've, I'm afraid, I've said a lot of dumb things, I, right? Can you just think of all the things Peter ends up doing <laughs> that, that were probably customary in his flesh that he was prone to do in the moment and... Think of all the things that you do. Think of all the things that you've said. Think of all the things that you've thought, desired, that weren't on par at all with perfection that God demands from you. And yet Jesus gets in your boat. Don't you love it? The calling to come follow. Listen, I didn't even get to that place where you just come follow me yet. But like the calling to come follow is, is not a get into Jesus's boat, but let Jesus get into your boat and hear him say, I'm in your boat. Come follow me. No need, listen, be undone. 
Know your sin, but know the Savior's in your boat with you. I mean, some of us need to hear that. The relationship you have with the Father is only owed to Jesus getting into the boat of your life and saying, I'm with you, come follow me. I know that you have sin, I know that you have garbage, I know that you have a past, I know that you have issues, I know all of these things, but come follow me. Don't be afraid, he says to Peter. Don't be afraid. So some, somewhere in his falling on his knees before Jesus, asking him to get away. There's, he's astonished and yet afraid, all in the same. There's another instance in Mark chapter, or actually it's in Luke chapter 8, um, where Jesus casts out the demon, like he frees the demon-possessed man and the demons, the legion goes into the pigs and the pigs go, right? The pigs go into the pond and they drown, right? And the whole farm, the whole herdsmen of, of owners who owned the herd of pigs uh, were super like, what? Our livelihood of livestock just tanked, right? And, and they're blown away that this demon-possessed man gets liberated, because uh, that's the good news of the kingdom, y'all. And yet, here's, here's the other thing. And yet, what happens? What happens? They go to town and they tell everybody that what just happened. And they're like, listen, the demon-possessed dude that we know, that we, you know, that all that, he got freed, but our pig business just went belly up <laughs> in the lake. Uh, and they're like super afraid. And they find Jesus and they say, get out of our town. Now, I, I read that. I read that for so long. I was just like, why do they do that? And, and it's similar to what Peter encounters, right? When we encounter the supernatural presence of God, when he gets into our boat and he does the miraculous, he tells us everything that we've ever done, right? John chapter four, the woman at the well, she goes back into town and says, come and see the guy who's told us everything I've ever done. You know, no, no, he actually just called you out for the things that you had going on and the things that you did in this context, um, but, but see, when we encounter the supernatural, miraculous uh, revelation of Jesus in our boat, um, it does something to us, right? It creates a, a sense of awe and amazement and holy goodness. If he can do that in just with the fish, what could he do in my life? If Jesus can speak, he didn't even say, fish, get in the net. He just said, let down your nets. Like Jesus in the sovereign uh, ableness of the God-man on, on earth, in the boat, on the water, put fish in abundance in the nets and then into the boat. If he can do that without sweating a droplet or blinking an eyeball, what can he do with me, right? And, and like, if he can take care of this demonic-possessed man and take care of the demons and then, and then oh my goodness, and our business is gone. He's tanked our business, if he can do that and he can strip away all those things that we, we treasure, trust, and idolize as gods in our life, if he can take care of that, what is there that he couldn't do? That's the question. And fear always strikes us when we encounter Jesus in our boat. And yet Jesus doesn't say, dang right, you ought to be fearful of me. He says, don't be afraid. Me in your boat is best for you. <laughs> when Jesus gets in your boat, it's best for you because he always reveals the kingdom of self 
as infinitely insignificant and inferior to the kingdom of God. And it needs to be rightly destroyed so that you're in alignment with the kingdom of God. That's what he did with Peter. That's what he does with us. Have you had that moment? Have you had that moment? Don't be afraid. From now on, you're gonna not ca- you're not catching fish, bro. You're catching men, right? You're catching men. I will make you the other gospel writers say, "I come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." I will make you fishers of men. Uh, it's Jesus who makes them. It's Jesus who calls them. It's Jesus who makes them. It's Jesus who accomplishes everything through them. Come, and I'll make you fishers of men. And uh, and when they had brought their boats to the land. By the way, when they brought their boats to the land, filled with the most amount of fish that they've ever caught in their entire business, when they brought their boats to the land and their business was at an all-time amazing uh, performance, KPI, index, all those things, when their business was at an all-time awesome, um, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You're going to catch men. They bring their boats to the land at an all-time amazing business deliverables, And they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything to follow Jesus because Jesus got in their boat and they were able to say, they were able to see because Jesus saw them. They were able to see Jesus. They were able to see what he's like. They were able to see the gospel of the kingdom come to life for them. They were able to see the supernatural work of Jesus, the kingdom of God come to their boat, come to their business. And not, not when it's not, it's, it's not like at the height of your business. It's not at the low of your business. And there's, there's got to be a better way. So Jesus is my treasury. So I'm going after him. No, it was at the height. Like, the, like listen, they could have genie in a bottle Jesus and said, let's go. You were good for business, but they didn't do that. But because Jesus got in the boat of their life and in the miraculous provision of the kingdom of God showing up in the boat of their life, he undid them. And in the undoing of them, he linked them to the kingdom of God and said, come follow me. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come follow me and be in the business of catching men into the kingdom. Come follow me and catch the poor into the riches of my grace. Come follow me and catch the slave to sin into the net of saving and forgiveness. Come follow me and catch the blind with the net of, of saving sight on me. Come catch those who are oppressed with a net of freedom. Come, come, you can catch fish. Everybody's catching fish or failing to catch fish. Come, everybody's tax collecting and being lawyers and everybody come follow. It reminds me of that. Just come, everybody's doing it, but come do the kingdom work. And you'll be, you'll be catching men, y'all. Now, listen, come follow me. They left everything and they followed him. They left everything. They were able to say, like with Paul, uh, for me to live is, is Christ and to die is gain. Everything I once thought was gain in my fishing business, it's now lost because I've got the treasure of treasures that came in my boat, right? 
and, and I've got him and he's got me and he's called me out to follow him. Come apprentice me, come walk in my steps, come do what I do, come see what I'm like, come walk with me, eat with me, talk with me, come follow me. And, and, and that is, listen, Jesus is calling us in these days to come follow him. The message is now different. He's gotten the boat of your life and he says, come with me, come follow me. It's worth, listen, leaving all of these things over here behind because who's calling you is infinitely worth the follow. Jesus is totally worth the follow. Over here, the, the business or the relationship or the, the thing that you get over here, fill in the blank what it is for you. Fill in, what's the fishing business for you? Fill in the blank. And Jesus steps into that thing with you and says, I love you. I'm in your boat. I'm in your business. I'm in your relationship. I have come to give you life. I've come to be your life. I've come to be your way. I've come to be the truth for you. I have come to that you would live. I've come that you might come alive. I've come to give you priorities that you were made to thrive in. Come and forsake these things over here. Listen, you don't need to have these things be your identity, be your destiny, be your deliverable. You can have me be everything for you. And listen, I'm telling you, I, I was 14 when that happened in my life. And the Lord has gotten into my boat over and over and over again. There are some days sometimes I kick him out of the boat, right? Do we have those moments, right? Can I get an amen? Thank you. We have those moments. And Jesus is like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm coming back in the boat, right? Uh, I love you. Don't really like that show, but I know that you felt like you needed to, but you can get back in. I, I'm getting back in the boat of your life. I'm not leaving. I'm not forsaking. You can't distance me. You can't keep me away. You can't, like, listen, you can't hurt my feelings. I love you. And I got in the boat in the beginning. I'm keeping myself in the boat all the way to the end. And we're rowing all the way to the other side, all the way to home, right? Like, we need to hear that that's the Jesus that called Peter, that called you. He called me at 14, and he continues to get in the boat of my life, continues to remain in the boat of my life, and continues to remind me, I loved you when you were unlovable. I loved you when you were lost. I found you when you were blind. I met you when you were an orphan in the orphanage of your sin and didn't want to have anything to do with me. And I chose you. I loved you. I love you. I forgive you. I am with you. I died for you. I lived perfectly in your place for you. I was perfectly obedient and was good enough for you to give everything for you that you could never give for yourself and be everything that you can never be so that you can be right with me. I got into your boat. Let me stay in your boat, right? That's what he's saying. And so come follow me. It's worth leaving all those things behind. It's worth selling everything you have to buy the field like the guy did to get the treasure in the field is so valuable. It's worth leaving everything. So where you're struggling with that today, go back to the Father and just say, show me again. Go back to Jesus. Show me again how precious and valuable and awesome and worthy and beautiful you are compared to my business, my this, my that. Fill in the blank. And he will. I promise you, he will, and he'll keep doing it. Because listen, this is just the beginning for Peter. And just embrace it. Let this take you back to where you started, and let's step into that life with Jesus together. All next week, we're going to start walking through uh, this, this Jesus, Jesus life, right? And, and, and being a follower of Jesus isn't just believing things about Jesus. It's believing Jesus 
And like, we just want to follow him in his steps. We want to follow with him. We want to walk with him. We want, we want to grow with him. And we want, like, we want to learn, not, we don't want to learn stuff about him. We want to learn him. I want to, I want to touch and feel and, and, and be growing in what it looks like to follow Jesus. So I just encourage you, uh, enjoy your Sabbath. Enjoy your time with your church family virtually this week. Enjoy time of silence and solitude together with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Enjoy time in these first five days, maybe just go and review just the first five days with Jesus. And let it not just be a routine, uh, yeah, I've heard those, but let these stories fall on you afresh. They, they are beautiful. Or just go download the Dwell app and go listen to the first five chapters of Luke. My favorite voice is Felix. I love him. He's kind of like the Ghana African voice. And, and, then let, and then just let it, let it just bring you back to a place where you just let your affections for Jesus be stirred and your enjoyment to spend time with him grow. So when we step back in Monday morning, we step back in to what it's going to be like to follow Jesus. What does he start teaching? What does he do? How does he fulfill what he said is fulfilled in the hearing of those people in Isaiah? And we get to watch it. And then I, I want to just encourage you, how are you seeing it unfold in your life? How am I seeing it, how am I seeing it unfold in my life? So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much again for this morning. Thank you so much that we get to go spend time with you, that we can uh, have you in the boat of our life. Thank you that you love to get in the boat of our life. You love to, you love to bless us. Uh, you love to wreck us and bless us. <laughs> you know, I love all that. I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for what you have set before us uh, this week, this weekend. I'm so thankful that you're uh, Lord over all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that you are the King of kings and you're the Lord of lords and you're worthy to be trusted and depended upon. And uh, thank you that you love us. And you say, come follow us and we'll never be disappointed. I'll make you fishers of men and uh, it's worth leaving everything uh, to follow. And so God, I pray that you would create more followers, even from this small little, uh, little loaf and fish uh, gospel infusion that you would infuse us again today with, with how you get into the boat of train wrecks and you make them your children and it's worth following you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Peace.